0: Hello and welcome to the Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett, as ever. How are you, Rob? Not too bad. A lot cooler now. Seems to me we talk every show about
1: how hot it is or how cold it is. And today I'm not sitting here as we chat away, flapping my hands in my face. But lots and lots of Manchester United things to talk about here off the back of the tour and some interesting
0: transfer news. The weather and the Man United transfer sphere have seemed to have gone in different directions. We've we've got a lot to talk about today. I mean, like, it was kind of cold for a while. United have signed Martinez and Christian Eriksen. Yeah. The weather heated up, and now the weather's cooling down, and United are starting to get moving again by the looks of it. So uh, we'll get into a lot of stuff today. We'll talk about the strikers. We'll talk about Martial, Ronaldo. We'll talk about potential new signings. Anthony, some developments there by the seams of it. We'll talk Frankie de Jong and Memphis Depay as well and we'll see what else is thrown in too. But you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify and the likes and watch us twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on our YouTube channel. So head over to that channel, hit the like button, join the community, subscribe, leave a comment, et cetera, et cetera. And the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on one of those audio platforms. And follow us on Twitter too at underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at PromisandMU. Get in touch with us. United play a pre-season friendly against Aston Villa. Their final one in Australia, I believe, on Mm -hmm, Saturday. We're recording this on Friday ahead of that game. We've just heard from Eric Ten Hag in his pre-match press conference. I believe his final one down under as well. United are due to come back in the next few days. I think they also got to Norway as well before the season starts. Mm So, um, yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, We have some new players join up in Ericsson and Nisandro Martinez. But one player who has not joined up yet is Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, how, how do you want to play the strikers part of this show, Rob? Should we should we talk what 10... What's the, where do you think Ten Hag is sitting at the moment on a striker? Because Anthony Martial has been in good form in preseason. Ronaldo has still not come back and by all accounts it seems that he does not want to come back and he will not come back in order to force a move out to a buyer which does not seem to exist at the moment. But You'd think the later this window goes and the more frustrated George Mendes gets that nobody's biting, the more the demands will fall. Maybe they can balance out. How is Ten Hag going to see this in the first game of the season against Brighton? It has to be Martial, doesn't it? Starting up front.
1: I think so. Uh, So you kind of said, how do we want to kind of approach this in terms of the striking market at Manchester United? There is no doubt that Manchester United are looking at strikers and forwards. It's been on the agenda since day one. They've had their targets kind of know who those targets are. It's relatively slim pickings in terms of the wider market. But I think with Cristiano, it's become crystal, crystal clear that he wants to leave the football club. We've known this for a few weeks. It's just what were the desires? Is it a case of just kind of dipping your toe in the water and seeing what's out there? Or are you really making a statement and saying, I want to leave? Um, Lots of reasons why that is lots of populist reasons saying that it's because He's making a stand against the Glazers, and it's the Glazers' lack of ambition, and Cristiano doesn't like that. I think what it really, truly is, is that this is a World Cup year. This is the end of Cristiano Ronaldo's football career as he comes up to it. And this is his last chance for the biggest payday of his life. Now, people might say he doesn't care about money, and he only cares about trophies. I do believe he wants to win. But ultimately, this is all about finance and money. And, you know, the numbers we're talking about are mind boggling. You know, we're seeing that Jesse Lingard obviously left the football club and has gone and signed a, a huge deal away with Nottingham Forest, 80 up front, but with add-ons for him up, up, up to 180. So you're seeing that the market is fresh now in these last couple of weeks for, for big signings. And I think Cristiano is just ready to move. He's not
0: interested at all in Eric Ten Hag's project. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look to me like Ronaldo's... How does he even deal with it? Let's say, let's talk hypothetically about... I don't think Ronaldo wants to be integrated back in. I think he might end up finding a way. But if if he does stay, I mean, he shouldn't necessarily... I know there's probably fans out there who think, oh, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. He has to start every single game. He shouldn't walk back into this team anyway. You know what? Let him start every game somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? Like
1: this, this is the way it comes down to it with, with Ronaldo. And... I'm never one of these these people who gets overly upset of footballers with egos. You know, it's that kind of business, billionaire business. You're going to think that you're a big I am. Now, Cristiano has got all the stats to prove it, hasn't he? You know, over 800 goals, won absolutely everything, complete icon, going to be one of the greatest of all time, no doubts. But this is about him and Manchester United and Manchester United's opportunity to win. Cristiano Ronaldo, who really loved United, really wanted to stay at United, really wanted to help United, he would be on that tour with the new manager helping, but that's not what's happening. He doesn't want to be on tour. He doesn't want to be at the club and he's looking to be shifted and now he's going to start forcing this move now and it's all about George Mendes as well. We can't underline that bit there. We can't kind of get away from that is that George Mendes is very, very active at the moment, knocking on all sorts of doors and I wouldn't be surprised to see Cristiano make a left field move. You know, like we talked before, didn't we, about the Middle East and we've talked about the MLS. I think that that Cristiano might just stand up in the end and say, yep, I like that deal. Where is it? It's on the moon. Let's go play football on the moon. You know, that's what footballers tend to do, isn't it? So that's that's what happened with Lingard as well, with Nottingham Forest. Certainly not his first choice uh, overall, but the deal is there. The money is there. You've got to kind of secure those kind of things. I think Cristiano is looking at it as well. Does Cristiano fancy 12 months fighting and, you know, maybe not looking as good? The Summer Man United's more motivated forwards, like the Rashford this year, Martial we're going to talk about, you know, We've got other new players coming to the football club. Manchester United are banging on Anthony's door again. Does he want to be the focus of attention, like he always does, or does he want to be a squad player? I think that the fear
0: of being a squad player is one of the reasons why he wants to leave. Weird though, isn't it? I mean, I suppose he just wants to be on the pitch to score as many goals as he possibly can. I think Oleg and, Ole and Solskjaer would have played. Yeah, I think Ole had no choice. Ole played him
1: because Ole was told, and Ole thought, "Yeah, Ronaldo will score me lots of goals." And Oleg mm-hmm. and Solskjaer lost his job. Eric ten Hag will not make that mistake. Erik ten Hag sees that Ronaldo is not fit enough, cannot do the press, cannot do the team ethic then he won't play. And I think Cristiano knows that 100%. I have had one conversation that went along those lines about in terms of deserving your place, all very cordial. But ultimately, Cristiano knows that he's not going to get in the team just because he's a number seven. And I think that that's the bigger picture here. And football fans want to lie on the whole kind of Glazer element of it and not spending money or whatnot. Well, I think Glazer would be quite happy to get that 500 grand a week wage off their bill. That's pure glazonomics.
0: And ultimately, if Ten Hag is going to manage it this way, he's already talked about giving young players chances, uh, earning your place in the team. You've seen what he said about Harry Maguire. You know, he has to, I think he can do it, but he has to bring his best. No positions guaranteed, this totally. kind of thing. Yeah. That should apply to Ronaldo too. I mean, yeah, no, like no player we, should be bigger than the club, right? Yeah, this like, has we, been the problem the whole time. We preach it, and fans preach it, and it happens all the
1: time. About let players earn their way into a team, but we know that with certain players, politics plays a big part of it. So if you want to sell your shirts, you want Ronaldo in your shirt. Ronaldo has to play; you can't sit on the bench and sell your shirt, can he? You know, you want him on the pitch, so that's part of the Glazer strategy. But the, but there's no doubt that Ten Hag's strategy is to win, and Ten Hag is here to create a squad that wins so it's not that he wouldn't use cristiano cristiano wanted to stay but he needs cristiano to say i want to help you and cristiano is saying the opposite cristiano is saying i want to leave get me out of the football club so i think the latest on that now and this is kind of directly what we hear from sourcing is that eric Tenhaga said great Move on. Let's get on with it because he has not got time to sit in every press conference now and talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. I think he's very aware of that and he's not going to do it. He wants to talk about the players that want to play for Man United and maybe bring in one or two more.
0: That's how I stand on it. I just, I'm so, I tweeted this a few weeks ago. I'm so sick of United having players with profiles which dictate that they have to play games I mean we've seen that it's, it hasn't worked <laughs> for the last 10 years or whatever you know let the manager have the power to decide whatever he wants to do and if people aren't on board with that then fine you know yeah
1: and I, I've always said like Raiola and, and Mendes are very similar in terms of how they go and do their strategy in their business however you have seen on one hand Raiola used to get all sorts of mud thrown at him and mendes who's maybe a little bit more conservative and clean cut gets nothing so there's a, there's a weird balance there isn't there that if you have a toxic element in your club with agents and players you've got to get rid of them eventually you've got to move them on or you've got to find a way around it cristiano ronaldo is not valuable enough to manchester united on a football pitch to keep him hanging around and
0: maybe affect the dressing room should we talk Martial? because why not it seems as though and Pre, You can't take a lot from pre-season, but he has performed well in pre-season. And Anthony Martial, you know, he scored a few goals. And we've talked about Eric Ten Hag getting the most out of players and this kind of thing. It seems like early signs are that he might be able to get more than we've got out of Anthony Martial for the last two years. You know, he has scored goals in the Premier League in the past. He's 26, though, around those lines. And people... Do seem to judge him now as finished and you know get him out, but he's on massive wages, so nobody takes him, all this business. But there is still a player in there. If he can get his head right, you know, he's shown he's willing to put the work in. Ten Hag said it's up to him. He said that about a lot of players, actually. Yes. Uh, and United have decided to keep him. I don't know whether that's because they can't shift him because he's on such massive wages, or whether it's uh because he's playing well in preseason and applying himself properly. Maybe it's a combination of both. But they're keeping him. Is this the right decision? And well, it has to be because they don't have any other strikers. really. Well, with the wage in terms of the contract, there's not a lot of choice. It's a bad
1: wage. He earns that money. You can't really take that money off him. You know, you're not going to be able to a Barcelona de situation where he defers anything. But I think again, the bigger picture has to be about new manager, new setup, new opportunities for footballers. And Anthony Martial is not a bad footballer. He's totally failed last year. He was a big part of that. We know why he failed. He did have injuries, did have issues off the pitch. He's now sorted a lot of those things out. And you can see that he looks refreshed. Now, as you just said there about the striking position, Man United are inquiring about strikers. But I think it is really interesting that they're not shopping Martial. There isn't that. That's not happening. They're not actively trying to move him out of the club. Why is that? It's because Eric Ten Hag quite likes him. So we knew Eric Ten Hag liked him uh, when he was at, uh, Ajax. That was something that came came out from the centre. We knew that. We just didn't know whether Anthony Martial could do anything for Eric Ten Hag. And I think we're seeing in these early days of the preseason that there's still a player in there, that there's still a player who could score goals in a certain system with certain, with certain help around him. And Man United are concentrating on the press, off the ball and creation. And that all helps Anthony Martial. That turns Martial into a much better number nine.
0: I'm gonna steer us in a fantasy football direction just for a second. I know I know you're big on fantasy football. I am. I do believe Marcus Rashford is six point five million this season. Martial seven million. Sancho seven point five. You're gonna be picking any of those boys up. Nope. No, nope. Not no, not even I, I,
1: I, I tend to I tend to not pick my United players for my FPL teams. Because me neither, but I'm I, looking I, at
0: those and I'm like,
1: yeah, they're, they're good pickups for people who don't support Man United or want Man United players at a cheaper price. <laughs> I tend not to pick them because I believe that I overjinx them. I bought Owen Hargrews once and it ended his career, you know. So, th- those are the kind of things that, I, that stick in my head forever. Um, but at the price ranges for FPL, they are good prices because I do think they've got the opportunity to perform this year. I just think with Anti Martial, with Rashford, and also with Jaden Sancho. There's no doubt that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's vision for the football club was to be built around those forwards. That's what he wanted. And what happened? He got Ronaldo and had to play Ronaldo and lost his job. So can't blame Cristiano, not blaming him. But the vision for the football club was to build around those three boys and a few others. And now you get the chance for those three boys to go and do it. So I'm happy with that. You see, like I know United fans are rabid for signings and that's all that matters. And we talk about that every week. All the time on Twitter, it's non stop. But I think those three guys, if they're motivated and given some good tactics, and we've seen some of that in pre season, they might just be really good footballers for Man United in the next 12 months and beyond.
0: Yeah, I think people, obviously, the attitudes and all this stuff was awful last season, but people do forget that there are still decent players in there. And they uh, as I've said, they've not really had a coach who's coaxed the best out of them for a long time, if ever. Absolutely. And Hopefully, Eric Ten can work some magic there because that's what he's done in the past. Uh, Rob, let's say Ronaldo does go, mm-hmm. <laughs> that leaves United with forward options of uh, Marcus Rashford, Anthony Langa, Anthony Martial, Jaden Sancho, and one. Am I am I forgetting one? Uh... We've got. Well, you got Garnacho as well. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, Garnacho, 18 years old, but you know, not an established first team talent. Maybe Bruno is through. a false nine. Maybe. How many more do you think they'll add if if Ronaldo is going to go? How many do you think they'll add uh, in the next few weeks before the transfer window closes? Let's say if Ronaldo does go, is, is it as many as two or one or? And I basically want to lead us down the path here of Anthony. But do you think there'll be more than that? One or two. I think that's that's it. I don't.
1: I don't think that Manchester United want to be overtly frugal. I don't think this is all about finance for them, but this is about having a team on day one that Ten Hag can work with and is happy with because Ten Hag is steering this football project. So, we you know, we're going to keep saying it. People are bored. De Jong is boring, but we believe Diong will happen eventually. I will not be surprised if it's right at the end of the window. As I said, the whole Barcelona thing is still bubbling away. But, you know, you just talked about Anthony and I think this is where Man United stand on him now. United were willing to wait for Anthony in terms of a few weeks ago because they didn't like the price. They didn't feel they necessarily needed to add another forward at this moment if Ronaldo was going to stay. That was their position on Ronaldo. But with Ronaldo's latest mandate to leave the football club and he really wants to go, you then have got to go and find a centre forward that works for you or a forward that allows the front three or four to be more fluid. So this is why the whole Anthony thing is back on the table. This is why Man United have gone back to Ajax now. United have gone back to Ajax in the last few days. They want to put together a deal. They've made that crystal clear to both the player and the football club. And I think we're a lot further forward than people maybe even realise of Anthony. I think it might move fairly swiftly now
0: suggestions are that uh, Anthony's representatives were actually in Manchester yesterday. This come from the Daily Mail, I believe, Chris Wheeler. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this one did kind of pass me by yesterday, because I've been doing other stuff, but um, we obviously know the Anthony interest has existed. He's been on United's list for, since Eric Ten Hag was appointed, really, for a long time. Uh, one of probably the, most, the more promising wide forwards on the market at the moment, especially on the right side. There's not you do tend to find that there's a lot more left-sided, right-footed players than uh, the other way around. Uh, United, it does seem to look like look like they want him, and if they're going to lose Ronaldo, they do need another body. Uh, this is exciting. Do you think that? Are you? Do you think this one will happen? It's definitely a lot closer than it was when we were talking on our last show. Definitely. So, I, why I is it... this? Do we think? Well, like because... you, you just. Sorry, go on. Because Ajax have signed his replacement, Ajax have
1: signed his replacement, and very publicly said we have signed Anthony's replacement out loud. So that's a that's an interesting development more than anything. Um, but I, you know, you use the word you know adding a body. I think this is all about having a more intelligent build. Mm-hmm. So this is about what not what you need like against Brighton or the first week of the season or this season. This is about a long-term vision for the football club coming out of Eric Ten Hag's bald head. You know, we talk about that in terms of how you think about um, Guardiola in year one. Guardiola did that, kind of put his markers down, said, you're all going to get opportunities, but as soon as I don't like you, you're out of the football club. And that's kind of how he did it. And I think Ten Hag will do the same at United, but what can you add now that are surefire guarantees? Well, you can develop Malicia and, and push him on. You can bring in Martinez. He can play two or three different positions. If you get De Jong, happy days. You're happy with that. You know, you're not going to complain about that. So where do you go from here? How do you stretch that out in terms of starters? And there's no doubt. I think if Vancey comes to the football club, that gives Manchester United one of the most devastating front fours, front attacks in the world. You do not need Ronaldo. You just need to find a way to make it work. So, You've seen that the 4 2 one looks more like four-three-three. That lends itself to Anthony. Anthony can do all those things on the right hand side. Sancho can do it down the middle, down the left. And you've got options. Marcus Rashford can play centre-forward. You've seen that in the tour. He's played that uh, positionally for a few minutes. I think what we'll see, Scott, is you've seen with that front four and with Bruno Fernandes, is that they are going to be mixing and matching and visceral moving in and out of positions. That is the type of player that Eric Ten Hag wants. He does not want a centre-forward that stands at the top of the pitch, hands on hips, saying, waiting for the ball, give it to me and I'll score all the goals. That's not what he wants. So this is why the whole thing about Anthony is there. And as you said, his agents are in constant contact with Manchester United. And the big advantage for United is that they've spent weeks and weeks and weeks getting to know everyone at Ajax. They already know Edwin De Sar and all of the backroom there and everyone from the board. And there's some really good relations
0: there. So you can lean on that in terms of executing the deal so yeah it does seem i've just checked Ajax's website their official website they have both brian brobby's picture i think he's got a shirt with him uh, yeah. they've announced him united actually uh, obviously uh he played under ten hog as well at mm-hmm. Ajax. i think he started out at Ajax was sold went back on loan and now they've bought him back yeah uh did well for them last season. I know he scored a couple of goals on the way to them sealing the title last season uh, mm-hmm. for Ten Hag, And also, an agreement is in place for Francisco Conce sao as well from Porto. So they're spending the money that they're, they're bringing in. They've already signed Steven Bergwijn as well. So that's literally a new front three, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> this is a uh, new, new manager, new front three, new vision. So like this is the
1: whole thing. It's the Ajax blueprint of buying and selling. But they know that even if Anthony does stay, he's not staying long. Mm. You know, like if he stays now, then in a year they have to sell him. And I think the risk is, of course, Scott, is a little bit like the Sancho risk. You know, Dortmund wanted to sell him at his very highest value, over 100 million, and ended up a year later having to settle for 70s, you know, 78 or whatever it was. Now, that's not good business. Not really if you've got a player that is going to leave and a player that's already told his agent to hop across the waters find his way to London to Manchester United's office there in the capital and start chatting to Manchester United directly about a transfer.
0: So uh, we'll move on to the Barcelona side of things, I guess. Uh, So let's talk Frankie de Jong first, I guess. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now, this is all kind of based on a report that we're seeing from sport who seem to, they say one thing, they say the opposite. They say another thing, they say the opposite. Uh, every couple of days with the seams of it. But um, obviously, we know that Barcelona, who've activated the second lever of their miracle financial plan that's been <laughs> officially confirmed on Friday, there is talk of a third lever as well coming down the line, which has also suggested if they do trigger that, then they would make enough in- income to raise their wage bill enough to be able to register Frankie de Jong and his wages. But it, that yeah. doesn't see, that seems bloody crazy, doesn't it? I mean what you do in that just to be able to register a midfielder that is not even in your first choice 11. Uh, From what we understand, obviously United have been sat there for ages on Frankie de Jong. They do definitely need a midfielder. Ten Hag has actually said this as well Mm -hmm. Uh, on numerous occasions. United have other targets, but I think they're so clear that they want Frankie de Jong. They're just going to wait it out and just see if they're able to get him in the end will be in it for the long haul there. Uh, and the word is from sport now, Rob, that Chavi is set to sit down with both Frankie de Jong and Memphis Depay, who've been on holiday together this summer as well. Uh, both Dutch international teammates play for the same club uh, to tell them that it's best for everyone if they leave. All of the noises have been from Barcelona publicly that, oh, we're, we're going to keep these guys. We're going to keep these guys. And then privately through the press, it's been, yeah, we need to sell these guys. Absolutely. De Jong, De Jong is obviously, there's a, a fee agreed between United and Barcelona. De is available for about 20 million euros, something like that. Uh, how is this one going to play out then? Because we'll, we'll talk Memphis to in a second, but mm-hmm. is there any, anything you want to say on De Jong or this entire situation?
1: Well, De Jong has spoken to Ten Hag again in the last week or two. We believe this in terms of what the player is intending to do. And the player has been quite clear that He's really disillusioned with what Barcelona have been doing with him. Now, we've said that before. That's not brand new. But this is all about money, how money gets structured. Barcelona would love Man United to pay a little bit more to help with that. But that's not what's holding the deal up. What's holding the deal up now is that Frankie de Jong is saying, well, you know, where do I really stand in all this? Like, all right, I'll go to a new football club. I would rather stay at Barcelona because I've got a contract. I would rather get paid. And be happy here, but he's not against moving to Manchester United. And I think this is where United fans have to kind of understand how the business of that works. So, you know, so what we've heard, as you said, they're directly from sport and sports offices, who I think almost based at La Masia and have offices at the Camp Nou. They literally are connected to that football club very, very closely. Uh, they're now saying uh, that Xavi is going to sit down with both Memphis Depay and with Frankie de Jong and tell them that they will not play in his
0: squad and be very crystal clear that they need to leave the club. Now, that's Barcelona did you, strong. Did you see the reports the other day? But uh, Not the reports, but everything that followed, because Frankie de Jong did participate in the Inter-Miami friendly, which they won 6-0, and everyone was like, Xavi has absolutely dismer- besmirched Frankie de Jong by playing him at centre-back. You know, all this kind of business. I think the funny thing is is that we know he went on the tour
1: because of his position with the wages and whatnot. And there's no there's nothing you could do. If they left him behind, what does that create, Scott? It creates a vacuum. Means that May United could go, Well, you don't want this player. So maybe our offer's a little bit smaller tomorrow. You know, maybe we'll maybe the the deal is in our court now and not yours. Barcelona have tried to keep control of all of this since day one because they want the money, they want the player gone. So I think with Frankie de Jong, he's digging his heels in because that's what his agents told him to do. And they've been, they've been pretty kind of just crystal clear clarity in terms of his position. But ultimately, you know, Javi doesn't want this player. You know, he doesn't. And Barcelona do not want this player. So this player will be sold. And as I said, if it's not Man United, it'll be somewhere else. So United are, are, are banking on that. This is the player Ten Hag really wants. And if Ten Hag did not have this connection to Frankie de Jong and did not have these conversations with Frankie de Jong, this would be finished already. Man United would be like, we are not messing around with Barcelona because they are a basket case football club. We're going to get away from this. However, as we know, the CEO of Manchester United, the director of football Manchester United have been in Barcelona two or three times in the last couple of weeks. So this deal is ready to go. It's oven ready. It's just a case of whether Frankie Dion can agree some kind of wages settlement. Because I think that's going to run and run. Even if Barcelona raise another two, three hundred million euros, they're not raising that money to play Frankie Dion They're raising that money to buy new shiny toys. That's what they want it for. That's what Laporta's about. And Laporta knows spending money proactively is about his presidency and keeping him in charge at Barcelona.
0: I'm excited for them to be known as Spotify Barcelona FC or FC Barcelona. Spotalona. <laughs> Crazy stuff, honestly. I mean, Barcelona <laughs> Their squad's massive. They, they have to Huge. offload some players. It's absolutely Huge. massive. Even as it is, this is the thing. Even if they buy no one,
1: their their squad is ridiculous. It's too many players on big wages and players that won't play next year. And we kind of said it about Man United, haven't we? Kind of like the Ronaldo question. Like, do you pay Ronaldo £500,000 a week to maybe start 15 games next year? Because he's on the bench and he's getting older and Martial's scoring goals every week. That's a problem. You need to move that wage. So in terms of Barcelona, you know, just brought Lewandowski. The team is going to be about getting goals for Lewandowski and them saying to the world, look, weren't we brilliant getting all these players? And now we've won La Liga again and we're going to win the Champions League. We're the best team in Spain. A lot of this is their Galactico project that they've never done before. They've never been that kind of club. They always talked about youth and building through the system. Now they've basically turned into some faux version of Real Madrid.
0: Let's talk Memphis Depay, shall we? Because yes. uh, obviously we mentioned him just now, being part of that conversation that is forthcoming with Xavi. Mm-hmm. I think Depay has been linked with a, a number of clubs. I think it's been put out there that Tottenham have been interested in him, but he yeah. said no, Newcastle. I've heard Ever- 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 Everton. God, I think they might end up going down this season. But Man United, Memphis Depay, the the return. The Is this a potential... Thing that could happen what and where do you stand on it because i think i know we, we could probably d- disagree on this i i'm kind of actually quite key. i i liked him when he was at united uh i know that he didn't deliver i thought he got a really bad rap um you know still a young lad there just didn't work out for him i think he's a more improved now and i wouldn't be against it i'm not saying i'd like to see him start every single game but part of me wants him to succeed at united and put an end to that story but um what can we expect here what what's happening well, manchester united have inquired about memphis depay's availability Um, looking
1: like around the 17 million mark in terms of to get him out of Barcelona, Barcelona are desperate to get rid of him. And they're not going to do what they've done with Frankie de Jong because he simply isn't a big enough asset. But he does earn a big enough wage to help them in terms of trimming that bill, which we've talked about, you know, incessantly now. Um, You're saying there that you wouldn't be against it. I'm hugely against it. Because you've already got more than enough at your football club that's better than Memphis. Now, on his day, Memphis Depay is a world-class forward. He's brilliant. He can, you know, he's going to be one of the greatest goal scorers of all time in Dutch football for his international team. Um, and he's proved himself, obviously, in Liga going before he joined Barcelona. <sighs> but do you really want to go back and do all that again? like? The things with Memphis, it's not necessarily about his personality or his outlook or any of those types of things. But we've just spent six years chatting about Paul Pogba, Jesse Lingard, the world of social media, and how that has impacted Manchester United and how it's kind of carved the fan base up. Now, if you get a player that arrives at your football club, does all those things, but is a guaranteed winner, great. But most of the time, that's not how it works, is it? You know, a lot of those social media stars don't always help you fundamentally. So does Memphis Depay come to Manchester United tomorrow and walk into the starting eleven like, say, Frankie Dion would? Absolutely not. No way. And I wouldn't even say that he would be guaranteed a place on the bench. And I say that sincerely. So if you're going to spend £17 divert those funds to a young player that you can take into your club, look after them, say you're 21, 22 years old, we're going to make you a really good footballer. You're going to help us and believe. I don't think Memphis is built for English football. I think it's I think it's too much. There's too much going on. And yes, he can do all those things. He's not exactly unfit. But let's stick with, with Anthony Martial. He's already on a big wage. Let's not add another big wage and then have two problems in that part of the park. Because I think you need to go with what you've got.
0: I'm not I, I don't disagree with you I, I'm just I'm just a little bit curious to see how it goes. To be. And Scott,
1: if you're going <laughs> to spend like 17 million, I was, I, it... I was going
0: to ask you where would you put that Well
1: million? bump it up you know get find get a proper transfer free 30 40 million mm-hmm. yeah, go and bang on Brentford's door. we talked about Ivan Tony and go and get yourself a number nine. if that's if you want to kind of perfect all your options and you're losing a proper number nine then go and find a number 9 that doesn't need to be Ivan Tony I'm just saying that but you could go and find a forward that then sits into your team and does those things that you want them to do memphis depay just doesn't does he? he'd have to play on the left he can play through the center but he's not that striker that would you know add to the sum of your parts so in many ways you're looking for a ronaldo replacement but you're also really looking for a Mason Greenwood replacement. So these are the things that you're you're thinking long-term. Memphis doesn't
0: fit either of those hats, unfortunately. How many players are you expecting to join before the end of the window? One, maybe two, but
1: probably one. And again, I know United fans don't want to hear that, but I, th- I think that if they get De Jong done, that they're then happy. But I do also think that they are not going to be left with the proverbial pants around their ankles with Ronaldo. I don't think they want to do that. And this is why they're moving for Anthony. So I think they believe that there's a deal to be done for Anthony, especially Liverpool sniffing around the player. Liverpool have liked him for the last year. They've not, you know, they've not hidden that. I think Klopp's talked about him publicly as well. You know, he's a really good boy. I really like him. He's exactly what I would like, you know, kind of thing. But I think with Anthony, with the Ten Hag part of this, is that you now have to lean on that. That Ten Hag can get these players away from other football clubs and and start that build you know it starts on day one but it's already here isn't it so september the 1st is your last opportunity to strengthen and i think you might get two, or you might find another free agent like an ericsson type you know that you go actually some upside to him you've lost lingard so let's let's fill that roster spot as i would say in american sports to get someone in that can just kind of pad things out and help you along the way uh, the glazers are of course very aware of their wage bill as well and they want to kind of balance their books.
0: On De Jong, uh, mm. just jumping back to him. Obviously, United have been the ones chief in pursuit of him for the past few weeks and months. Yeah, yeah. Suggestions? Chelsea are interested as well. How do you read into that? I think
1: that that was perfectly performed to the Barcelona script. That as soon as things were hitting uh, a bit of the buffers, because the player didn't want to leave, and Manchester United were saying, "Well, we're going to step back now from this until you tell us we can we can go." Suddenly. Chelsea want the player. Chelsea don't want the player. They don't want the player. Chelsea, I think would be interested to talk about him. And if they could get a bargain for him, then they would be interested in Frankie de Jong, who wouldn't be He's a great player, but Barcelona are not looking out to give given bargains. And the reason why Chelsea and uh, Barcelona have been in, in, in discussions and meeting as parties, both in Spain and in London is because of Aspera Quetta So these things are, are still on the table for them. They're doing business. It's just very easy to say, Oh, Chelsea now want Frankie de Jong. Well, do they? Do they want to spend eighty million on a player that's not been part of their plans? I'm not so sure. That deal is on the table for Manchester United to execute, but the player needs to get paid first. We've
0: uh, we've flown through today's show. Only thirty four minutes in, uh, absolutely flown through it. I do have. I'll ask you one final question, then we'll talk about whatever you want to finish up. But um, not too many sales from United nope. at the moment in terms of the. the the players on the fringes. Obviously, there's a lot of players. We've talked about them numerous times on this podcast who haven't left yet. Are you expecting that kind of business to come later in the window because that's usually when the panic starts?
1: I think it's all cherry-picking, Scott. Like, it's, it's one of those things. There's definitely going to be players leaving at some point. So, like, you know, you saw with Dean Henderson that as soon as Dean Henderson was told directly by the manager you're not going to be starting... Dean was gone very quickly, you know. Uh, We know that Phil Jones is not going to be a starter. Phil Jones will probably be gone very quickly, you know, in terms of the aspects. But then players like Eric Baye, who definitely didn't have a future come three, four, five months ago, Eric Tenha seems to like him. So let's see how this develops. You know, do, do you find a buyer for Alex Tellez? Potentially, you know, you've brought Martinez in. Martinez kind of covers all those positions much better than Teller's does Um, and players are going to leave it's just not going to be the mass exodus that people expect but you know what Scott that's good that's how it should be do it thoughtfully say this player can help us so we just do it a little bit longer but this player cannot so let's go you know United fans and we talked about ourselves 10-15 players out the door it's rare it doesn't happen
0: Chelsea are finding the same issue as well, aren't they?
1: Chelsea find exactly the same issue. And now what Chelsea are having to work on are exits. So Chelsea are like, right now, we need to correct our wage bill. We need to do this, that and the other. You know, we we need to really go and push people out of the club. Barcelona are also in that situation. It's a vacuum. And Man United are not in that situation as of yet. Because Man United know their targets, got some of the players they want. They want De Jong, They want Anthony. And I think if they then have that collection as all starters that go straight into your first team, it means that those other players, there's less pressure. You know, we haven't talked about one player today, Donny van der Beek. So Donny van der Beek, we've talked about him last week and we said that the whole Ten Hag thing, was it a good thing for him or a bad thing? Well, the manager said very clearly, we can create the conditions for Donny to play well. But what did and put it on the end? But he's got to do it. It's not on me, it's on Donny. And Donny then kind of said exactly the same thing, I think, almost like five minutes later in the presser. So there are players like that, you see, that are not new signings, but these are all considerations, aren't they? Ansi Marshall's not been at the football club for six months. If he's playing well, Ansi Marshall will probably start. And this is a starter that you wouldn't have said two, three, four weeks ago, Scott. So mm-hmm. these players have got opportunities now. And it means you just need to have a good pace with your incomings and your outgoings. Don't do it. Slapdash. This is you know it's not a computer game like we keep saying. This is about doing it in the right manner. And eventually you'll get there. I have no notes
0: left, Rob. So we've run out. Any any final thoughts from you? We've run we've run out of show about 10 minutes early. I just I just feel
1: I, I tweeted this the other day. I just feel good. About So do stuff. I actually you know. so It doesn't mean I like the Glazers Because this is always the thing, when you say something binary Like this is good or I like this People then rip it apart and turn it into Like nuance that you're not talking about So I'm not happy with the Glazers I'm not happy with the net spend I'm not happy with absolutely everything I'm not happy with the training pitches at Carrington which are awful I'm not happy with all sorts of stuff The leaking roof at Old Trafford above my head No, not you not happy about those things but What I'm happy about is that It seems like we've got a football project going on now. And this is maybe the first time since Fergie left that we have a genuine football project. And all the whispers and moans from the camp are all the good things that you want to hear, that players are embracing being challenged, that players want to be fitter. And even the sound bites, like from Bruno Fernandes, like Bruno's talked about the squad and he's talked about Ronaldo. And with the squad, he said, I don't think we've been disciplined enough. I think we've needed this. We needed someone to come in and crack the whip. You need that in football. And then with Cristiano, he went the other way and said, we must respect his space. So mm-hmm. it's like, please don't talk to me about that problem because it's not about the squad, is it? That's about, that's something else. I like that. These things make me pleased because that's what I want to hear players talking like. I don't want players to be getting embroiled into kind of the wider Manchester United so proper. We know that's what it is. So, um just feel generally quite good about this tour and
0: i get it it? it's not it's nice to not (laughs) feel down in the dumps all the time
1: it's nice that players look happy and motivated and our players have not looked happy and motivated and yes that's on their shoulders but you have to kind of cherry pick out don't you so like you know we've not talked about jesse lingard we probably might should end the show on him obviously being a huge transfer today um but jesse lingard i think is a guy who had a big opportunity to do well at Man United, went to West Ham, showed everyone he's got it, came back to United, it didn't work for him. Now, is that on Jesse or is that on Ole and Solskjaer? It doesn't matter. What matters is that Jesse didn't do what he needed to do to get in that first team, never showed it when he came on as a sub, and now he doesn't play for us anymore. And that's, I think, the way you need to do this process with Ten Hag, is that if you do it for Ten Hag, Ten Hag will put his arm around you, tell tell you he loves you, And all of that. But like the Klops and the Guardiolas and the Fergusons, if you don't help them, you're gone. And that's the way it should be. But it should be done, I think, with a clean blade, as opposed to just being this kind of very wishy washy social media way of doing stuff.
0: Jesse Lingard, Nottingham Forest. What do you make of that? Big money?
1: Yeah, big, big money. Like obviously, the basic is not huge. I think it's going to be kind of around eighty to hundred, and the wider deal is pushing up to two hundred bonuses. I'm guessing he's on some kind of crazy goal bonus as well on top of that. So yeah, that's, that's quite the way that these deals are now constructed. FPL pick, Rob. <laughs> yes, already. I was looking yesterday and thinking about history and value with Jesse Lingard. What do you, you think?
0: What, th- what value do
1: you think you'll come in at? Um, six, I, th- I think six simply hours? because he's in a promoted club I think you might say sevens um, but he's going to be Mr Nottingham Forest next year isn't he? That's uh, The club are, are banking on that. What I don't like about the deal Scott, I've got no problem with players moving for money. I often say that players do not often look at football like fans it's a business and it's their lives and Jesse Lingard's 29 and he's thinking what's the best way of making 10 million quid this year? One year deal say- as well It's going to Nottingham Forest. What I don't like is the one-year aspect of it because it's, again, what we call in the NBA, a player rental. So someone who's going somewhere for a year to get that money because that team has a need. They have a need to earn some money. You do it for a year, you wave and you go bye-bye. Now, of course, if Jesse Lingard does really well at Forest, he might well be going to Qatar or England. So there's that wider part of it. But I think that, you know, if he was an ambitious footballer, he'd have gone to West Ham. Yeah, West Ham were offering him overall 25% less than what Forrest have offered him, but a bigger basic wage. And the opportunity to go and do what he did for that football club who are on the cusp of fighting for Champions League. Now, I don't believe West Ham will get in Champions League, but Jesse Lingard would have got them a lot closer, wouldn't he? So good luck to Jesse at Forrest. He might be a fantastic superstar at Nottingham Forest, but one-year deal kind of stinks mm. I don't like it and at 29 if he was 39 or if he was Cristiano looking for a last payday or something that age group end of your career of course go do it for a year uh, but I think he's also got aspirations maybe Scott to go abroad I think he might do Forest this year and that might propel him to go and maybe do something different next term
0: yes get in touch with us let us know uh, your thoughts on anything we've discussed today Cristiano Ronaldo can Anthony Martial rejuvenate his career this season will united get anthony will they get de jong memphis Depay? do you want him back is that should united not touch him at all uh get in touch with us at underscore scott saunders at underscore rob underscore b and at promise and mu on twitter for all of us and for the show and of course you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your pods on apple google spotify etc and watch us twice a week on youtube on tuesdays and fridays so get in touch. Head over to the YouTube channel, hit the like button, subscribe and join the community. And the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on one of those audio platforms I just mentioned. Rob, thank you very much. We'll catch you next week. United play Aston Villa on Saturday and then uh, pre-season will be going into the final stages as United return back from down under. But Rob, uh, have a great weekend uh, and I'll catch you on Tuesday. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you soon.